Hello there friends and welcome back to Know You Better, the podcast that asks the questions you think you know the answers to. I'm your host Jonathan Gardwell and thank you so much for joining us yet again. This is episode 4 of this first series of podcasts, but before we get started, could I just ask you a quick favour? I'm pretty terrible when it comes to social media, so we really rely on word of mouth around here to gain any traction. So if you're listening to this right now, first of all, thank you from the bottom of my heart, thank you. But could you also uh, either share the link around or leave us a wee five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or better yet, both. Uh, It really helps, or so I'm told. Anyway, enough begging, on with the show. And this week, I'm talking to broadcast journalist Sarah Nibb. If you've watched or listened to any local news on the BBC for the past few years, you've likely seen and or heard Sarah uh, through her impressively detailed career thus far. She's appeared in pretty much every major publication or media outlet you can think of in Northern Ireland, spanning print, radio, television, as well as online for various websites. I caught up with Sarah more than about a decade on from being on the same course at university to ask her some questions about her life in the news and tried not to make too much of a fool of myself being a rank amateur interviewing a real proper professional journalist. A little side note here, we recorded this in a reasonably busy hotel coffee shop, so there's a bit of background noise. It shouldn't be too distracting. Uh, I've tried to clean it up as best I can. As ever, enjoy the show, and I'll see you again at the end. So, Sarah, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, first of all. The first one might seem quite basic, but what exactly would your job title be? Okay, my job title is broadcast journalist, which um, two little words but encapsulate quite a lot. Uh-huh. Would you like me to explain at this stage? Yes, please. Okay, so um, basically anything to do with broadcast, we can do. Okay. So um, I have a completely varied role. So some days I might be writing the radio bulletins for somebody else to read. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm delivering them myself. Some days I'm like reporting. Some days I'm fixing guests for the radio programs. Okay. Um, so you're doing a range of things, kind of production and on screen or on air. So it's just a little bit of everything. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, I, that, that was news to me there. I didn't actually <laughs> know that. That's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so what, this again, very basic question. Very sorry. I'll stop apologizing, I promise. Yes. Um, what first piqued your, your interest in, in going into this line of work? Okay, so I always um, loved words and loved language and loved literature. And as you know, I did an English degree. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I don't, did you do, there was a, a module that we did and that I did, and mm-hmm. it was um, like contemporary American literature. And I can't remember which. Um, yeah lecture it was but we studied like Joni Mitchell and yes yeah. I do remember that it was kind of almost like um, I got from that that you know language and poetry is not necessarily just about poems mm-hmm. this is uh, a really rambling answer of it basically I like writing I like words I like how to make them fit together mm-hmm. um, and a lot of, of writing of journalism is you know making your words count and mm-hmm. it was I want to say Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and I think I learned this during our degree as well, said that poetry was the best words in the best order, and mm-hmm. I, that has always really stuck with me. Okay. Um, because if you look at a radio bulletin, I mean, we were taught that radio bulletins are each story is four lines, you know, mm-hmm. max of 20 words a line, so right. it's basically it's a stanza, you yeah. know, and every <laughs> single word means something. Yeah. Um, so it, it's that same use of, use of language. So basically, I always wanted to write. Um, and I wanted to write pictures, I wanted to go out and talk to people and find out what their stories were. Um, and then at one stage, I got the chance to go and work 
in radio and I was working in the newsroom and then all of a sudden I had deadlines every 60 minutes okay. and I thought, here, this is it, this is good crack. Okay, so so you're good with deadlines? Um, I'm good under pressure, I'd say. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> others may disagree, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, I was always that person at university who was sitting up to ridiculous o'clock writing okay. an essay, that yeah, was yeah. always me, or okay. only reading select parts of the test that I knew were going to be in the exam because yeah. I always cut things to the last minute. No, that's good. That's that's very interesting. You mentioned about the poems because um, I, I've done courses in the past where it was like a, I can't remember the name, but but where, where we were editing, you know, uh, I don't know what you call them. You would know the the, the phrase that came to mind was like a fox pop, like a, a sound bite yes, into a, okay, that's good, uh, into enough uh, of a, a short time frame to fill. A new spell, uh, to, to add to a new spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've never thought about that, the, the poetry yeah. comparison. That's really interesting. It you is. got more out of that course than I did. <laughs> um, so uh, my next question was, what qualifications did you did you get on your path to coming? Okay. So there was the, the degree. Um, yeah, so was, it, was that solely in English? My degree was solely English. The first mm-hmm. year I did a module of media studies, and ironically, I hated it. <laughs> it yeah, so um, I quit that and just did pure English and okay. was delighted. Okay. Oh, that's I really good. That's enjoyed good. It. Yeah. Um, and then after I finished the degree, I worked for a year, mm-hmm. and then I went and lived in America for a year, and I studied a course in the college there. It was part of my visa requirement was okay. to study, and I did writing for TV with oh, like really? a I can't remember what it was. Jim Goggins. He was like an NBC news anchor. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that course, and then while I was away, I applied to do a master's in Korean, which is in journalism, mm-hmm. and I applied to do a few different masters. But the one thing that this one had, the one in Colerain had, was it taught you um, print online and broadcast, whereas a lot of the others mm. were, you had to specify, this is print journalism. Mm. And at this, I'm so glad I didn't do that, because while it's not the be-all and end-all, um, it meant that I was able to move kind of from one from mm-hmm. a paper mm-hmm. newsroom to a broadcast newsroom, right, right, right. and you had a basic knowledge, whereas, yes. you know, there, there are sometimes, if you're coming in with just print, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's other skills and it's good to yeah. have that range of skills. That's very so, good. That's very um, good. Uh, yeah, that, that's very handy because, I mean, as you say, more so now, you know, it's people, you always hear print media is dying, which I don't know if it's strictly true. Maybe it is, I don't know, but it's good that you have the, the wider range of skills, as you say, yeah. uh, especially when you consider everything that you mentioned in that broadcast journalist umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you mentioned your, your first job was in... Uh, in your chosen field would have been the radio So broadcast? my first, I did a placement with the Irish News as part of my degree, mm-hmm. or part of my Masters, and mm-hmm. that was in the features department of the Irish News, which was my dream job, it was great. <laughs> um, and then that came to an end, I thought, right, what now? Mm, do you know what, I'd maybe want to try radio. So I applied to a radio station mm-hmm. in Ballymena called 7FM, mm-hmm. and they said, yeah, come on in. So I stayed with them for maybe like two months, and then they eventually went, right, we're going to start paying you, which was oh. great. And then at Christmas time, they made me redundant, which was less great. Mm-hmm. And then basically, as soon as they had the money together, they took me back on again. So that okay. was my first proper paid job, was um, in the newsroom in 7FM. So we were broadcasting across six stations, mm-hmm. where like the only area basically that's... Um, so you mentioned uh, features was was it all I mean that was the dream to do to do feature what, what does what exactly does a feature encompass so for me it's something that has piqued my interest that is 
um, I always think if I'm interested in it, will other people be interested in it? And um, <coughs> part of it as well is getting a story from people, getting people to sit down and talk to you, which as you know, you know, <laughs> you have to kind of build up that bit of rapport with people. You yeah. get that bond so that they feel that they trust you to tell you. And I find that is really... I always feel like I've done my job well if I come away and maybe somebody else, the person I've interviewed, will send me a text later on, oh, okay. or you know, they kind of keep that relationship yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. built, you've managed to build up, and they've trusted you to tell their story. Okay. Um. So, your original question was, what's a feature? Um. Something that's not hard news. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, is the that's next question going to be no, what's no, hard news? No, 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 no. Okay, that's that's, that's great. So uh, again, you mentioned the um, city beat. City Beat, yeah. Um, Downtown Radio City Beat. City Beat? Yes. Was it City so, Beat? Is that right? Yes. Make so I went so. from... Do you want to linear? Sure, yeah. Okay. So I went from my placement feature at the Irish News mm-hmm. to 7FM mm-hmm. to UTV, mm-hmm. where I worked in online, and then I went to City Beat there. Okay. Would you like me to explain how I got to City Beat? Yes, please. Okay. So um, at the time, one of my friends was working in City Beat, and they said, Sarah... Um, the person who co-presents the breakfast show is leaving. Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone who might be interested? And at that point, I was actually working with a girl that I had worked with previously in 7FM. She was presenting. She had now come back in a news capacity. She'd mm-hmm. gone and done the, in the journalism master's. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, Natasha, would you be interested in doing this, um, you know, presenting? And she said, she kind of hummed and had about it. And I knew... I think because she thought she'd done the presentation, she wanted to break into news, she didn't kind of want to go back to that presentation again. Mm-hmm. And she, she didn't really bite. And then I sat and I thought, hang on, I might be interested in this. Uh-huh. So I think at that stage I met with who was to go on to become my co-presenter, the lovely Stephen Clarence. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember briefly meeting with him. I actually met with the person who was leaving the job to find out what's the problem here? Why are you leaving? Is everything okay? Is this a nice place to work? Yes. And I was reassured that yes it was. Um, so then I met up with Steve and had the crack and then I remember going back to work and getting a phone call from him. And I looked at my phone and I was like I've literally just left him. Why is he calling me? <laughs> so I picked up the phone and I kind of, something really inconsequential that he said to me on the phone. And he later told me that part of that was he wanted to hear what my voice was like, kind of what oh, my radio okay, voice right, was yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so I spent a year and a half at City Beat, where I was in the mornings co presenting the breakfast show, mm-hmm. and then in the afternoons after the breakfast show finished, mm-hmm. I would go off and do news. So, you know, you would go from singing the weather forecast to <laughs> going to Storm and interviewing Peter Robinson. Oh, wow, um, okay. So it was two complete polar opposites, yeah. but okay. the best crack. Well, that's good. That's, that's really nice. Um, I had a question. I wasn't sure if you were if you were specifically hired as, um, say, newsreader. I was half and half. You were, you were half and half? Okay, yeah. that was the job title. Okay. <laughs> was sure. specifically half and half, but yes, <laughs> it was co-presenter oh, slash okay, okay. journalist reporter. I always assume because um, I used to listen to, um, like, say, Video One or something, mm-hmm. and they're sort of yeah, their everybody's team all gets involved. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't sure if it was that sort of thing, but you yeah. were you were hired as, yeah. as co-host. Okay, and then uh, sorry to keep asking you, and you know, and how did you get involved with? But from there, was that uh, when you moved to the BBC? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so then I left City Beat after a year and a half, mm-hmm. and 
I took up a maternity cover at UTV, mm -hmm. which was on screen. Okay. Um, so it was reporting. It was only part-time. So I also then started working with the Belfast Telegraph. So I was mm -hmm. like working with them. And between the two of those jobs, it kind of came up to full-time or slightly more than full-time hours. And then the interviews with the BBC came up. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, okay, I'll go for this. And I got the job in the BBC and that would have been... October 2015. Okay. So it's been just over. No, is it five years? That can't be right. No, four and a half. Yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah, 2015. Four, yeah, yeah. My maths. <laughs> um, yeah, so four and a bit years ago. I, I meant to ask you this with the city. Was it quite strange to see yourself on a billboard? Yes. Yeah. Bizarre. Right. Very bizarre. <laughs> Do you know I'll tell you the best bit though? Um, we, we had like the most fun team there, honestly, yeah. like mad team bonding. Um, it just, it was like being at university, you know, everyone, it was that really like jovial atmosphere, bit of crack, you know, obviously we worked hard because we were a tiny team, so you worked your butt off and you did everything, yeah. um, but it was just really good crack, but um, I remember my boss at the time saying, right, we're going to get these billboards up, and um, I'm almost like, oh my goodness, maybe I shouldn't say this now in case he listens, but my one of the billboards was put up um, just kind of as you come off the motorway okay. and I had an ex-boyfriend who's a lovely guy and I'm still in touch with now um, but he said he texted me one day, like after we split up and said, Sarah, is that your face on a billboard? Like a cartoon face? And I told my boss and he was like I have done you the biggest favour ever your boyfriend cannot drive home from work without seeing your face or your ex-boyfriend He's like, yeah, yeah <laughs> um, so no, it was odd. I'm like, what was the right response to? Oh, sorry, you're on a billboard. Yes, yeah, it's that's so fair. awkward. Well, you, did the people take pictures and send them to you? Yeah, my sister yeah. mostly. Sometimes she pretend to draw on it. I would have done that too. I would have yeah. been taking my picture with it myself if it was me. <laughs> we had them on the jeep as well, and um, the branded cars. And yeah. I do have pictures of my sister like trying to draw a mustache on me and stuff. So you know, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, it was bizarre but very good fun. Okay, that's good, that's good. You mentioned because it was a, a small team, and I imagine as you're doing the news, you're very, you know, again, deadlines, you're very up against it uh, for on the hour, on the half hour. Yeah. Um, like, like, how is that in the mornings? Are you constantly, like, editing in between news buildings? Or yes. in between, yeah. yeah, sorry, in between news buildings. Yeah. You, you would be. Um, so, at City Beat, it was a bit different because in between news buildings, I was part of the show. Yes. Uh -huh. So, I did, I think, I, the first somebody would have been in from seven whereas I was on air from half six or seven okay, right, so yeah, somebody yeah. would have come in to kind of help write the news mm -hmm. um, but I'm such a wee controlly that I always kept an eye on what was going on and was okay. constantly rewriting and you know adjusting things to my own yeah. to make them fit for me um, at BBC now yes in between each bulletin you're rewriting you're sourcing material you're looking for audio it's yeah constant it's yeah. Yeah. Right. that is a really loud thing and what would be the average day or if there is such a thing for you? There is no average no. day. <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, so I'll explain to you where I've got so far this week. So <laughs> Sunday I was TV reporter. I went to Lurgan <laughs> where there was a security alert. There was <laughs> also driving rain. So we all got soaked. Right. Um, Monday and Tuesday are pretty much locked in days for me. I present the breakfast and lunchtime bulletins yeah. on TV. So that's a half five start. You get up. Someone the t the over late night team will have left you a bulletin constructed, but obviously if things happened overnight or you need to tweak things, um, you know, or if somebody says something really interesting on Good Morning Ulster or radio program, mm. then we would clip that and use that on the TV. So it's it's constantly moving, it's constantly keeping that um, those bulletins up to date. Uh -huh. 
and then today, what day is today? Wednesday. Today I was the Good Morning Ulster the early reporter so it, to be fair it was a quiet morning but that means if there's been breaking news overnight you'd be out at if there's a security alert if there's a stabbing if there is um, the best one was I got sent up to Port Rush to the East Strand one day and it was to do something about like no was it canoeing no I can't remember what it was but anyway it was I was sent up to interview people live on the radio and they didn't turn up so I had to be oh. like fuck it and you know fill it the gap myself uh-huh. um so yeah you're always thinking on your feet um okay what day tomorrow i am tv reporter so who knows where i will be tomorrow i could be in court i could be right well, you see I, I, I had a question about that so for lack of a better word mm-hmm. or a better phrase are you on call you know could, like while you're at work are you sort of could you get a, a phone call and be like can you go here yes yeah, yeah. so um, especially on the reporter shifts um, so I do a mix of production and reporting so production you're pretty much in the office that's you reporting shift you can be anywhere okay right, anywhere okay. so that's I always laugh my favourites are the weekends because you literally never know where you're going to be you could be <laughs> in Fermanagh you could be in Strabane uh, you really get to know your cameramen because you're in a van with them for four yes, hours would, okay um, <laughs> so so would, would you prefer you said features so would, not to say for one line of work over the other but I love being out on the road I love meeting people okay. yeah and I love talking to them so that's I'll take that okay yeah although to be fair um the presenting is quite quite a nice little aspect to it as well mm-hmm. um but yeah I always think of myself as a reporter yeah so what would happen in between say uh what, what would happen in between the news bulletins that you present like are you constantly researching or, or Okay, so um, if we look at the TV news bulletins mm-hmm. where um, it's early in the morning, so you're the first one there um, from the TV team. So the late, the overnight, late night, the late TV team will have set up a bulletin for you. Mm-hmm. So you come into that. Um, obviously, if there's been a security alert overnight, if there's you know been any kind of incident overnight, any breaking news, you need to go in and update that. So when mm-hmm. I come in first thing in the morning, I check through and basically make sure all of my timings are accurate mm-hmm. because everything is really strictly timed so not only are you working to a deadline you also need to fit so I, i'd say I've got three and a half minutes in the morning okay. 50 seconds of that is weather the rest right. of that is news so i need to make sure the line that i read into the click is you know in the system is the right time that the click is at the right time that the uh, package that's been left is the right time so that everything adds up otherwise you start to get uh, a voice in your ear coming towards the end of the bullet and going you know, you've, we don't have any time for this. We're going to crash back into BBC oh, Breakfast, right, okay. Um, okay. which you never want to hear. It's not fair on the people in the gallery. Right, so, right, right. Um, yeah, so then after I've done a build, and I'll go back up to my desk um, and look to see if there's been anything interesting said on Good Morning Ulster. That's mm-hmm. where I would liaise a lot with the people who are on the radio bulletin's mm-hmm. desk mm-hmm. because they are listening to Good Morning Ulster program and then clipping anything that, say, Naomi Long said something significant is Justice Minister, they will click her and then I can use that on okay. TV bulletins as well. Okay. So it's kind of constantly, I've got six bulletins in the morning yeah. um, and it's nice to be able to change them up oh, and sure, yeah, yeah. reflect what's breaking and what's coming out and also what we're doing as our own output. Uh-huh. Um, so not just maybe the that there's a security alert, but that somebody who said something significant, as I said, on one of our programs. Okay, okay. So, yeah. oh, very good. Uh, just mentioning, you know, uh, with with the lead into the to um, BBC Breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, how 
maybe this is unfair, but how long did it take you to become comfortable with live TV, live broadcast? Or does it ever become I, There's an element of it that's never comfortable. Yeah. You always get a wee bit of nerves, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly would credit Stephen Clements mm-hmm. with a lot of that, because he basically... I had never done a presentation before I went okay. I certainly haven't done live presentation. And he's so good, he's such a pro, and I think you can see with the other people that he's worked with how much they have come on from they started mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. until they finished working with him. Um, and he really put me at ease in the radio studio. And then it wasn't a massive step then to mm-hmm. go into TV, because again, if you think about it, when you're sitting in a TV studio, why you're looking at is a camera and an auto cue. There's nobody else there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And lunchtime news are a bit more, there's maybe a little bit more to um, get nervous about there because sometimes, I'm, or quite often, I've got somebody sitting beside me like John Campbell mm. that you're like, doing a live interview with them. Although, yeah. Or there's maybe Mark Davenport's up at Stormont. So there's a bit more there. And then sometimes, you know, there's a live set up and you get the two minutes before you go on air, you get the thing to say, the, the live link isn't, isn't working very well or we can't hear them so okay. you know you just have to that's where you really trust your team in the gallery yeah, yeah. that they put your back and they know and your producer you know that there is a contingency plan okay. and you just yeah, have yeah. to trust with that and go with it because okay. what else are you going to do right, that's true you did. it doesn't happen often no i'm sure i'm sure but like i say it's i'm sure it's a, a well-oiled machine they yeah. know what they're doing yeah um, so try and make that not happen um Again, sorry to, to repeat myself, but um, for for features or pieces to camera, like whenever you're writing about, yes. you're obviously writing that story yourself. Yeah. Are you writing that? Are you writing on the road? Are you writing that? Sometimes. Really? Yes. If you're on an on the day, you know, if you've got an on the day story and there's breaking news, um, if you're on a reporter shift, you have a lot of things to feature in. So you're working for TV. Mm-hmm. So you're you've got that's a half six deadline you're also um, filing copy for online which is mm-hmm. constant you need to be tweeting pictures for right. online you're also working for radio so you will need to file copy for radio you okay. might they might want a voicer and um, we also work with obviously radio foil and um, they have a program at one o'clock called the news at one mm-hmm. i do believe and they quite often want two or three minutes with you so you're serving a lot of masters, yes, you're juggling a lot of plates, and wow. um, so it really helps if you can, you know, if your cameraman's driving and you can manage to, to scribble notes down and get your kind of get your story straight in your head, mm-hmm. it'll all flow from there. Okay. Um, if like me, you start to get car sick, it's not so easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, but, be like, I'd be like that as well. Actually. Yeah. Um, so, so whenever you have a uh, uh, an interview or a feature put together, mm-hmm. you know, you have the raw footage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? How does that work whenever it comes to editing that together? Is that something that happens in the van? Sometimes. Really? Yeah, okay. again, it all depends on um, what the story is. So if you've got a feature story, mm-hmm. you know, something nice and soft um, that's maybe not time sensitive, you've got, you've got a bit of luxury of time there. Mm-hmm. So you can film one day and edit the next. You know, you can okay. take your time with it. Um, if you're doing something that is breaking or you're under time pressure, quite often we have camera people here called shoot edit. So they will be they're able to shoot, use the camera, and they're also able to edit and they've got software in the back of the van. Okay. So you can sit in the back of the van and they will edit 
okay. and send it back then. So if you're like if you have been sent to Fernanda at 4 p.m., <laughs> you can get something back, you know, without having to go down and gather and okay. then you know drive back to Belfast. It can all be done down there. Yeah. Um, it's really I quite enjoy editing. Yeah. So if I have the time to do it myself, mm -hmm. I will. Okay. Um, it's something I'm still learning, uh -huh. but it's it's good fun. It's a bit like a jigsaw. Because yeah. you do, you make your own radio pieces, you see. You, okay. you yeah, even yeah. edit your own radio packages. So it's just kind of an extension of that. And um, the latest thing that I'm getting to grips with is self-shooting. Okay. Um, so you are genuinely a one-man band. You're right, out okay. with your camera. And I tell you what, being out with a camera by yourself <laughs> makes you have a whole other world of respect for your cameraman because yeah. there is so there are so many buttons, there's so many things <laughs> to think about and yet yeah. they're you don't realise how much they're doing. Mm -hmm. like, you know they're always working hard and like they're without them you have no pictures for your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's now I'm like, oh my goodness <laughs> And you kinda of take a bit more note of well what are they doing here and how are they framing this and what do they look doing with the light? And, yeah, really? there's a lot it's, yeah. it's quite stressful, but I'm sure. hoping that the more I do it, the less stressful it gets. Yeah. Even do you know what I find really awful is like looking awkward with the tripod. <laughs> Have you ever tried to put a tripod? On? I haven't. No. They're wild. Really? Yeah. You I've can't, the only can't thing I can look graceful with the tripod. I tried to put a drum kit together. I'm not very good at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That so doesn't sound easy either. People are looking at me as well. Yeah. Walking past looking at people you. Like the exactly, time. that's it. And then it's like trying to parallel park. The more people are looking at you, the more you get flustered. <laughs> yeah, that's really much it. But yeah, practice um, makes perfect, hopefully. Uh, oh, yes. Um, so, what would be um, the biggest misconception about your job? That probably that I just sit behind a camera and made an auto cue. Gotcha. I, yeah. Especially for the breakfast bulletins, I've written what I'm reading. Yeah. Um, for if I'm in the studio, in the radio studio, doing a two-way with a presenter on Evening Extra, the movie, mm -hmm. nine and a half times out of ten, I've written that. Yeah. I've gone and, gone and done the research. Um, also, I think the amount of time that it takes to put something together, mm -hmm. people don't realise. You know, if you're out with like a normal person, not a politician or something, and you're filming, and you get your you know, you do your interview, mm -hmm. I do my piece to camera, and then we start and get cutaways. So there are all those nice pictures that you'll see in the packages of people making a cup of tea or sitting down. Oh, or, of course. So you don't think, but that takes time as well. Yeah. Everything takes, you know, I always think, think about the amount of time you think this will take. Yeah. And multiply it by one and a half. <laughs> easily, easily. Okay. And that's a bit more realistic. Yeah. Because then you've got traffic as well, because you have to get to your destination. Yeah, you know, enough. all of that jazz. It just yeah. takes a lot. There's a lot more goes into that one and a half or two minutes yeah. than you think. It's quite funny you mentioned that like, maybe uh, inserts, I guess, because mm -hmm. um, I've done some two-camera stuff, and at the end, sort of behind the curtain here, but at the end, it's like, okay, we just need to get you just just nodding. Yeah. Like, yes. And I always, when I watch it back, because inevitably I always watch my own stuff back, because mm -hmm. I'm a narcissist that way. But it's like I know whenever they're just telling me to nod, I'm just like. Yeah. Well, it doesn't come across on the radio <laughs> or on the podcast. Act but natural. I'm just like really. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. While I point a camera in your face. <laughs> yeah. I know it's just so, nod. Like yeah. you've said something interesting. Yes. I always get when the, um, yeah, the nodding, and then like, okay, well, what if I run out of things to say now when I'm, you know, because mm. we would kind of, they'd be like, okay, we'll have a chat, or Sarah, you talk, and now your guest talks. And uh -huh. um, 
yeah, running out of things to say. Mm. Uh, what, what would you consider to be the, the, the proudest moment in your career so far? That's a tough one, um, because there are the little bits of, I shouldn't call them little, the bits of original journalism that I do, where you have got a story from a nugget that you've grown, mm-hmm. and it's made it on the past six news, and people okay. are clicking on it on the website, and those are the things where you get feedback you know from the public and mm-hmm. um, I recently did a story on a man called Patrick Crossan who is a runner mm-hmm. um, a competitive runner and he was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's and I met him at a Parkinson's event last year and he told me you know I'm a, I'm a sprinter and I said Patrick I want I want to do a story with you there's something we're in this mm-hmm. keep in touch with me so he messaged me a while ago and said Sarah I'm racing this weekend so that was I would self-shot my piece and um, you know did my radio piece did my online copy and um, did our digital team did a lovely little twitter video of it and mm-hmm. um, did my tv piece and he messaged me and said you know the response to this has been so great thank you so much and even actually just totally out of the blue um one of the women from the parkinson's ni mm-hmm. She contacted me, and I haven't been in touch with her for maybe five months. Uh-huh. And she emailed, and she said thank you so much because it's really positive coverage. So uh-huh. it's you know those wee things. And then there was a woman I did a story on whenever I was working in the Bell Hotel, and she had been mugged mm-hmm. coming back from work. She worked in Victoria Square. She parked um, Peters Hill, and she was walking back to her car in the dark. And she was mugged and really badly attacked, and her face was in a bad way, and mm-hmm. she was in a bad way. And I remember being in her house a couple of days after it happened. And she was so fragile and so scared and she was crying and she just was so traumatized. Um, and I did that story for the Bell Tell and at the time then UTV and BBC both picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite nice as well. But then the bigger bonus for me was that, you know, that lady and I would have sent the odd wee message to each other and then mm-hmm. she texted me a while later and said that not only had she managed to leave the house but she hadn't been able to do she was a few you know months later she was going on a date you know oh, so yeah. she was like look I have the confidence to do this which was really nice and it was also oh, just good. really nice that she she wanted to share that with me yeah so absolutely. you know there Good are thing. nice wee things yeah um yeah that's lovely that's yeah. really lovely people really Although sometimes you see really hard things and you think the news is so, like the news is depressing, people are always like, "Oh, have you got any good news stories?" <laughs> there are really nice people out there, yeah. You know, and you meet them, and yeah. you think, Do you know what? We're not that bad. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. Again, it, again, narcissistic, but one of the reasons I started this and like a similar mm-hmm. thing to what you mentioned, I was like, I just want to, I just want to talk to more people, yeah. you know, talk to them about what they do and you know, mm-hmm. their life experiences and everything. Personally for me to get out of my comfort zone, but something yeah. like that, that's that's a lovely story. Obviously the how, how it came about is yeah. isn't good, but it's just that's that's oh, I know that's it's just so warm nice. struggles of yours. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna just wrap up quite some questions here, but what what would you think would be the, the most valuable lesson you've learned in your career? Okay, I did think about this. So <laughs> I've got a few. Okay. Number one, be nice to your cameraman or woman. <laughs> um, because they 
again, nine and a half times out of ten have been on the road a heck of a lot longer than you have. They know the best places to park. If there's a security alert and the police are saying, no, there's a cordon here, they'll know where to go to get the good picks. Okay. Uh, they also know where all the good coffee shops are. Okay. Um, and they're, <laughs> yeah, they're the, you know, they're so integral to your story because it's not just your story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be nice to your cameraman. <laughs> be nice to other people because again, you know, sometimes you forget that you're going after a story, but your story is somebody's life. Yes. Uh-huh. So, and you need to realize that people don't have to let you in. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's a privilege to be let in. Okay. Yeah. And always wear appropriate footwear. <laughs> Very good advice. Very good advice. Um, again, question sort of leads into uh, leads into my next question. Do you have any advice for any anybody that wanted that wanted to get into this sort of line of work? Um, so ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. What's going on in your local community? What's going on? Just be curious about life. Mm-hmm. Um, because things that it's kind of what you said about you know people assume they know about things mm-hmm. but then when you ask a question you're like oh actually that's not how that works at all yeah so yeah ask questions be curious um, and don't be afraid to approach journalists because mm-hmm. each one of us got into the industry with somebody <laughs> doing us a favor and taking us under the wing and mm-hmm. um, you know whether it was you know a couple of days shadowing when you were 16 mm-hmm. or you know but everybody got in kind of that you know I say everybody most people I guess um, but we all I feel have that almost that sense of duty and that sense of you know we okay. want to help others because yeah. we know it's it's not an easy industry to break mm-hmm. into okay. um, especially in Northern Ireland you know it's small yeah also um, Twitter get on Twitter get yourself out there and mm-hmm. um, try and get some kind of a, a profile um, because that's going to help as well. I mean, that's how that's how the news. So many young people you know, absorb the news now is through social media. So yeah. make sure you're using it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so two two more questions. Sure. Sorry. Um, so as as we've as we've discovered, working in the the, the newsroom can mm-hmm. be quite full on. Yeah. Um, this this is just away from work. What would what would you do personally just to, to unwind? Okay, um, I think it's really important to have a life outside of work because I think our work is. Um, I mean, I say our work is all consuming. I don't. I, it's the only job I've ever known, so I don't know <laughs> if everybody else's job is the same. But um, yeah, it's really important to have a, a work life balance outside of work. Mm-hmm. I love going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes run, but mostly I run for a little bit and then I'm like, oh, I'm injured again. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a, I've got a love-hate relationship with running. <laughs> um, I'm also a member of a drama club. So we, um, in October, November, we took to the road and we're performing in the One Act Festivals across uh, Northern Ireland. And they were, we did a couple of dates in the South as well. So that's <laughs> quite good fun. Um, love the cinema. Love the cinema. I went to see Birds of Prey last night. And have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. See, I, no, I haven't I, been in cinema about six months. Well, that's because you've got kids. <laughs> so yeah. Not Birds of Prey, I, I didn't love it. But yeah, just make sure you have a work-life balance. I remember whenever I worked at UTV, my line manager at the time, I was saying, oh, it's really difficult for me to work Tuesday nights or something because... I've got XYZ on and she was like so I would always try and kind of swap my shifts off the Tuesday night so I could go to whatever it was and she kind of said to me 
I really admire that you're keeping mm. you've, you've got things to go to outside of work because okay. it's so easy to be really consumed especially yeah. when you do work in shifts mm-hmm. um, I also love eating out restaurants so any chance I get I that's probably why I go to the gym so much <laughs> <laughs> so are you so again feel free to uh-huh. Are you Belfast based? Yes, you, yeah, you which is great um, because I can basically um, I can walk to work, which is nice because then you get your credit cleared yeah. and you're ready for ready for the day. Very good. Yeah. And uh, just lastly, um, where where can people find you? I am on Twitter at I'm Sarah Nail, so that's I M S A R A N E I W L, and that's probably the easiest place to get me. Very good. And on the TV. Oh, that too. And the radio. Yes. <laughs> very good. Uh, no, that's all. That's all the questions I have. So, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that was me talking to Sarah about her career in the news. Thanks once again to Sarah for taking time out of her busy schedule to talk to me. It's very, very much appreciated. And, uh, well, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. And follow us on the socials as well, if you'd be so kind. It's at KYBpod on Twitter and at KnowYouBetter on Instagram. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next time.